0: Welcome fellow pilots and other podcast listeners to another episode of the Alaska Pilots Podcast. I'm your host, Strategic Communication Chairman, David Campbell. Today, we're going to be talking about retirement and specifically an issue about retirement that has been impacted by our increased wage rates based on contract 2022. And this will affect at some point, every pilot in their career. So I want to implore everyone to keep listening, whether you're a new hire pilot in the 30 to 40 year range, or if you're just approaching retirement, this episode will apply to you. One change that we're making eventually is going to go to membership ratification. And so it will be important that everyone is educated on the issue so that uh, those who vote will be able to do so in an informed and educated manner. We have a lot of very well-educated and informed subject matter experts that I brought in to help us discuss this today and I'll have them introduce themselves in a minute, but just for now, it's your Retirement and Insurance Chairman Shane Robell, Retirement Insurance Vice Chairman Jerry Traphagen, and our ALPA Benefits Specialist, Phil Borgman. We also have a voice that you are familiar with, MEC Chairman Will McQuillan. So, Shane, would you introduce yourselves to the pilot group? I mean, a lot of people know you, but give us a little bit of your background and, and your expertise here in the retirement insurance world. Sure.
1: I joined the Alaska Pilots through the Virgin America merger. I was uh, the respective RI chairman, along with our uh, recently exited RI chairman for the Alaska Pilots, Sid Graham. The two of us started working together right away towards the collective good of the Alaska pilots. And I, I really appreciated the partnership. Recently, Sid has stepped down and I have taken over the position. I was elected into the position by the MEC to be the retirement insurance chairman for the Alaska pilots.
0: Yeah, you know, as long as you bring that up, that's another point worth making. It's kind of an alpha 101 thing. Most committees are just appointed by the chairman, but those that deal directly with pay are elected. So you're a little bit unique in that regard in that you weren't just volunteering for this committee, but you were actually elected to the position from the MEC, which is made up of all of the block reps. Yeah, that's right, David. And Jerry, same for you, right? You're elected as well. And and Jerry, you and I go way back. So uh, let's fill,
2: fill in the rest of the group. That's correct, David. I was elected along with Shane. I'm a 25-year Alaska pilot. I was with Horizon before that and I have been a rep in Portland as well as I've been on this committee since 2018. Great, well
0: yeah it's good to have you, good to work with you again. And Phil, you're relatively new to the the crew here. You're on ALPA staff. Give us a bit of your background.
3: Uh, That's true, thanks David. Yeah, I'm. Coming up on my one-year anniversary with ALPA, originally a Colorado native and worked for the Fire and Police Pension Association for about nine years, specializing in uh, divine benefit and divine contribution plans and member education. Yeah, some people may be familiar with Victoria Brady, and she retired and you've taken over her role. Yeah, those are big shoes to fill and a, a lot going on with ALPA, all exciting things, so I'm, I'm glad to be a part of the process. Shane, this issue we're talking about today has
0: a lot of nuance and complications, especially as you talk more and more about it. But at its basic level, it's it's relatively simple. So would you give us a high overview of what's going on and why it should be of interest to all pilots right now?
1: Yeah, so we, we have two problems with the current structure. We have a tax problem, and we have an income replacement and retirement problem. Uh, being prepared for retirement. And I'll kind of go through a really high overview of why that is. So we have new pay rates, new work rules, and we have an increase to our 401k contributions from our employer. Those things are all working together to cause the issue. And the issue is that it is for a ever increasing number of our pilots, they are hitting 401k contribution limits. There's a number of those that we'll discuss in a moment, but the big picture is that the company contribution is spilling out of the 401k plan and into your paycheck where it is being taxed. State taxes, if applicable, federal taxes, FICA, and ALPA dues, and a substantial amount of that money is gone and not going towards your retirement security.
0: Yeah, and some of those taxes, it's taxed at the highest marginal rate, right?
1: Correct, yeah, because of the progressiveness of the US tax code, the money that you earn last is essentially the money you pay the most on. Off the top of my head, 37% is the highest marginal tax rate, at least that's my recollection. And uh, layer on top, state income tax, FICA and dues, it's a substantial amount of the money.
0: Yeah, so in a nutshell, pilots have the potential to miss out on a lot of retirement income saving.
1: Right. Yeah. The other kind of the other half of that is that you need to save a certain percent, you know, a certain amount of money will yield you a certain amount of retirement income. And if you're not saving money that's supposed to go towards your retirement, it is unlikely that you'll get that retirement income replacement ratio.
0: Thanks, Shane. I think that's a great overview of the issue that we're talking about. Will, I have a question for you. This issue is due in large part to the contract that we negotiated in 2022, which is good, right? It's a good issue to have that we now have pay rates where this is becoming more of an issue that we have to resolve. Now, we knew about it at the time. Can you go into the details about why this wasn't addressed during those Section 6 negotiations?
4: Well, no, you're right, David. This is a good problem to have. And it was one that we did identify as a focus, you know, as the contract came together. And as we're going to discuss today, the issue of is spill and how to protect that asset for retirement. It's an easy thing to identify a need for, but it's complicated to pull together. And we had to get all of those pieces properly into place. It just wasn't a thing to rush. It does take, and we've certainly learned that, careful consideration of our RNA and experts. It has a a number of points of consideration where we do want to protect pilot flexibility and priorities. So I guess what I'm saying is that this MOU and the decision to bring it as an MOU post-contract was a conscious decision we made, and we just didn't want to delay negotiations for the sake of trying to rush through a complicated issue. We wanted to get that TA voted on sooner, get those pay rates locked down and the work rules in effect. But knowing this, we did take the route when we look at this MOU, to ensure that, you know, as I said, our pay rates are locked in, the spill funds would continue to be paid, and by the MEC, sufficient time to do the due diligence and find the best solution for the issue of spill that provided retirement earnings possibilities and and protected other priorities. And importantly, you know, we did obligate the company to discuss the spill resolution with ALPA, and equally important, we got the company to agree to cover the costs associated with the ALPA work that has been done and will be done, as we research and negotiate this solution.
0: Thanks, Will. Shane, I'd like to come back to you. I asked you to give a high level overview of what's going on, but I know you left out a few items in that. So let's get into a little bit more of the details about what's affecting pilots right now.
1: Sure, David, thanks. We did talk about, yeah, there's new pay rates, new work rules and new employer contributions that are going to drive a higher pilot compensation and potentially drive pilots to a point where they can no longer save in their 401k plans because of IRS limits. This affects both the pension and the non-pension participants. In the case of the DC only or 401k only pilots, we went from 15 to 16% in the 401k, and there's a snap-up provision that will give all pilots an additional 1% based on the increases at the other major airlines. So we anticipate that for DC-only contributions will be at 17% for next year. That starts on January 1st. And we kind of talked about this before. A growing number of pilots are going to hit the limits. That's uh, the expectation that every pilot on property will hit these limits at some point. You know, just a quick reminder, once the limits are reached, you have to pay state, federal, FICA, tax, and ALPA dues, and again, 37%. Would be the highest uh, tax rate that you would be affected by and let's just back up a little bit and talk about what spill means so spill is the function of our contract that captures money that doesn't go into a plan because of irs limits that's that's an advantage we have in our contract uh previous alpa carrier contracts didn't catch spill so once the uh, employer contribution shut off to the 401k, that money was lost. We capture that, but we capture that in our paycheck and it's not in a efficient way to help with your retirement security.
0: What do you mean when you say we capture it in our paycheck?
1: So basically at the point where you can no longer put money into the, to the 401k plan, the money is instead goes into your check. It's a bit complicated. It depends which limit you hit, when you get paid, but you, there will be a reconciliation by the end of the year where that money just arrives in your paycheck. And we've alluded to this before because of the progressive nature of the U.S. tax system. Any money that, that's going to arrive at the end essentially is taxed at the highest rate that you are subject to as high as
0: 37%. Yeah, so in other words, money that would have gone into a 401k retirement plan because of those IRS limits you still have that same amount of cash so to speak but it just gets put into your paycheck yeah as, as if it were some other kind of earning
1: that's correct and it's in your paycheck and i'm not saying that nobody saves this money but first of all a significant portion of it is carved out by the the items that we've talked about but money in your paycheck is is typically you know if you look at behavioral finance people will say that money in your paycheck is likely to be spent now there are there are ways to save this you could save it in a brokerage account you could put it in your bank account but i i think in many cases that money is not being earmarked for retirement and it should be
0: yeah and as you say even if it were saved you you still have to pay the taxes and it's uh alpha dues and so there's it's it's a less efficient use of those funds yeah i
1: would say that that's that's
0: accurate david Shane, you mentioned something briefly that I want to just make sure I understand. You said that those monies, those funds that are not going into your 401k, they come back to you. They come back to your paycheck, but not necessarily in the same manner. What did you mean by that? Yeah, that's just really
1: a a procedural or a, a structural issue on when they pay that cash over cap it is uh it is it is typically reconciled by the end of the year there is a, a potential based on which limit you hit when you could get paid you if you hit the compensation limit you'll get paid shortly after uh, on an ongoing basis but for the most part most of the money that is spilled in your paycheck is cash over cap the company pays at the very end of the year so not only are you not putting this money towards retirement. There is a delay before
0: you get this money. Shane, before we get too much further down the road, let's just make sure we define some of the terms we're using. I've heard you say cash over the cap and spill. Those are essentially synonymous, right?
1: Yeah, there's a it, that, that's a good point, David. We probably should should take a pause and talk about some of these terms that we use so we don't get too far in the weeds. Cash over cap and spill are essentially the same thing. You've hit an IRS limit in your 401k and the money is spilling into your paycheck. And so that's why we say the same thing or it's cash over cap, the 401k or the IRS limits the cap into your paycheck. There's a couple other things we should probably talk about and this is gonna be important in our future discussions on what our proposal is to fix the issue. But uh, you know, you have different types of retirement plans, okay? You have retirement plans that lay within what we call the defined contribution space. And really there's only one type of plan that's a defined contribution. That's a 401k and we're all familiar with those. There is a parallel retirement space known as defined benefit. Of course, for the pilots that are in in the the pension, that is a type of defined benefit, but there are other defined benefits that are available to be set up potentially for our pilots. And a very important point, you are allowed to have more than one defined benefit from your employer.
0: All right, well, I think we've defined the issue that we're trying to resolve fairly well. Let's talk about that resolution and and the work that you've been doing to find a solution. Sure.
1: You know, our goal has been all along to give the pilots all the tools available to prepare for a secure retirement. And we'll go back to the MOU 2204. I know Will referred to it and talked about how we dealt with this in collective bargaining. We've been working hard on executing the MOU and and we've had a study group. It's included the RNI committee, us. We've uh, engaged with subject matter experts, Alpha staff, and uh, we've done a lot of, lot of work on, on looking at what plan would be the best for this pilot group. We have engaged with other pilot groups that have been down this process before in formulating our decision on what is best, at least our recommendation, for what is best for this pilot group. We did look at alternatives, both inside and outside what we call the qualified plan space and outside the qualified plan space. But there's really kind of two horses that we looked at, and one's the retiree-only healthcare reimbursement arrangement, and the second one is a market-based cash balance plan. And there's a myriad of reasons why the market-based cash balance plan became our favorite And uh, we'll lay out some of those. But by a wide margin, I think the MEC and the Retirement Insurance Committee is recommending that we move forward with the market-based cash balance plan. All
0: right. Right. And obviously, we'll talk about that in a minute. Before we do, can you explain what you mean when you say best serves? What what do you mean by that? Yeah, there's a
1: lot of things to think about. There's things like tax efficiency, okay? The market-based cash balance plan is tax-deferred, much like your 401k. You uh, get a tax benefit now, but you do owe taxes when you pull the money out at normal income rates, where the retiree healthcare reimbursement arrangement is more tax efficient. Money goes in tax-free, it grows tax-free, and it comes out tax-free, but it's not a very flexible pool of money. That money has to be used with documented receipts only for medical care and we have a variety of pilots. We have pilots that are in TRICARE for life. They have lower needs to cover uh, retiree healthcare expenses. And frankly, a lot of pilots want flexibility. There's something else that is kind of critical when you are talking about the retiree HRA. It's the forfeiture rule. So essentially, if you can't spend the money, your spouse can't spend the money, and your dependents age out at 27, that that money is forfeited. It's forfeited back to the plan. And and in talking with other pilot groups, we know that this is potentially a very controversial and kind of difficult part of an HRA. And we know that other pilot groups have struggled with this concept and getting behind support for it.
0: So we'll talk about how the market-based cash balance plan addresses these things in a moment. Before we do, we talked about spill broadly, and I know it gets a little bit more wonky and detailed, and it's important to understand that as well. So Phil, could you give us the details
3: of what we're talking about when we mention funds that spill into our paychecks? Sure, yeah. So this retirement contribution study project, we're focusing on this issue of company contributions spilling basically outside of the 401k plans, not remaining tax deferred and spilling into pilot paychecks. So there's two different limits that we're most focused on when we're looking at this issue. One is the contribution limit, the 415 C limit, and this is the total amount that the employee plus employer can contribute towards the 401k in each year annually. And so for 2023. That was $66,000. For those that are over 50, you can add another 7,500 under the catch-up provision. So once your own contributions plus the company's contributions equal 66,000 for those that are under 50, anything on top of that would have to go towards your paycheck and is not tax deferred, and it's subject to regular state federal tax, FICA, and ALPA dues. And so that is the issue that we're trying to address. And in addition to the contribution limit, there's also a compensation limit annually where pilots making a certain amount, once they exceed that compensation level, the company contributions can no longer remain tax deferred and and go towards their 401k. They'd also have to be paid out towards the pilot paychecks. All right. Well,
0: we've talked about the spill issue and the implications of that. Jerry, would you explain
2: the market-based cash balance plan, essentially what that is? Sure, David. The market-based cash balance plan is a qualified defined benefit plan, but as a DB plan, it actually has some similarities to a 401k. Some of those similarities include the company's contributions that would spill into the plan belong to the pilot. The pilot will be able to monitor their account balance throughout their career. At retirement, the pilot can take a lump sum distribution, just like you can from your 401k. They can roll the balance into an IRA. They can roll the balance into a company-sponsored 401k plan. They'd be able to purchase an annuity. Additionally, any balance remaining after the death of a participant is payable to a beneficiary and not subject to forfeiture. So one of the things
0: I'm taking from what you just said, Jerry, is that those funds are ours, they can't be taken
2: away. That is correct, David, they belong to the pilot. Uh, Let me talk about the differences between a market-based cash balance plan and a 401k. So the market-based cash balance plan is subject to separate IRS limits, which increases the amount of allowable tax-deferred contributions toward retirement. So that allows us to take money that's no longer allowed into the 401k that the company is paying towards our retirement and put it into this new plan. The other main difference from a 401k is that the pilot will not be able to choose how their money is invested. The investments will be determined by a planned fiduciary and generally that investment strategy will be more conservative than an individual 401k.
0: So Jerry, I understand why that particular retirement vehicle would be managed in a conservative manner. But what if a pilot wanted to have more control over the investment options? Is there any way to have that kind of flexibility?
2: With the market based cash balance plan, there's nothing the pilot can do with that plan. But what they could do is talk with their financial planner and discuss how to invest their 401k investments that they have control over to be more aggressive if the market-based cash balance plan is too conservative for them.
0: Okay. So that makes it, you just make your market-based cash balance plan the conservative aspect of your overall portfolio. That's correct. Okay. So we've mentioned how a market-based cash balance plan exists in these two worlds. It exists in the pension space, but it's a 401k. It's a little bit of a hybrid, although I don't quite want to call it that either. Shane, when we talk about this as a defined benefit plan, what do we mean by that?
1: Yeah, David, that's super important. And Jerry hit some of the highlights on what makes this defined contribution or 401k like and some of the things that make it pension like. But it is definitely lies within the pension space and it is a type of pension. But uh, unlike a traditional pension, the goal of this plan is not to pay you a payment at retirement. The goal of this plan is to rise in value, okay? Money goes into the plan. That's a uh, company contribution. And in theory, the plan assets grow. So you have the company contribution go in. That is a pay credit. And then the performance on the plan would be called interest credits. There is a very defined benefit-like part of this plan though, and that's called the preservation of capital rule. And that's one of the reasons why these plans tend to be invested more conservatively than maybe we would prefer. And that means that the company is on the hook for the pay credits. So if a dollar goes into the plan, a dollar must come out of the plan. You can't lose money in a market-based cash balance plan and that is partially backed by of course if the company is solvent they would have to make up any deficiency but the pbgc the pension insurance plan would also be on the hook to make you whole on the pay credits
0: okay thanks Shane. so you mentioned that it was the recommendation of of your committee and from the work of our ALPA national staff, the professionals that do this to go on a market-based cash balance plan route. Why is that? What are the benefits of this plan and and why did you suggest that?
1: So David, there's kind of four things that we looked at that we really want to highlight uh, that are advantages of a market-based cash balance plan. The first item is that it allows for a higher contribution limit towards retirement. You know, you have a whole nother bucket of savings outside of the 401k plan when you hit those 401k limits. The second item is that these plans are portable and they're flexible. The third is that the benefits are covered by PBGC insurance in the case of the worst events. And the fourth item is that they are protected from creditors in the case of a bankruptcy these assets are yours and cannot be seized by creditors.
0: Okay, thanks. Now maybe just flesh each of those out for me.
1: Yeah, you know in addition to the the preservation of capital protection that we already talked about where essentially the company or the PBGC you know ensures the amount of money that goes into the plan, you have higher contribution limits. We've kind of talked about that before. This is a, a parallel different type of retirement plan. it's not a defined contribution plan. It's not a 401k. And that provides for a whole nother large bucket of money that you can save for retirement. So you hit the limit in one, you spill the money over to a a different kind of plan, which is a type of defined benefit plan. You have um, portability and flexibility. So we've already talked about a lot of this, but the market-based cash balance plan is designed at retirement to essentially be liquidated, but it can be liquidated in a number of ways. You can roll the assets into an IRA of your choosing. You could roll the assets into the PISP, which is our 401k plan. You could enter into an agreement to receive an annuity for a monthly sum of money. And you could just take the money out and pay the taxes. These are all choices that you have. So it's portable and it's flexible. We've touched on this before, the benefits are covered by PBGC insurance and unlike a traditional pension plan, these are designed to be fully funded. There are potential of being underfunded in the first few years of the plan, but in general, these are fully funded plans and unlikely that PBGC insurance would be used, but it's there if you need it. And another big thing, so we, I don't know if we touched on this, but we probably should, we have looked at all kinds of ways to put money away for retirement, and there's many, many different types of plans. One thing that we dismissed outright was any type of plan that was unqualified, okay? There are deferred compensation agreements. There are, there are other things that can be creative to save for retirement, but we live in a volatile industry, and we our committee and I think with the MEC support discarded any type of plan that was subject to seizure in the event of a bankruptcy because of well frankly the industry we're in so uh, a market-based cash balance plan is a qualified plan that means it is not subject to seizure from creditors it's your money and you take it with you if the worst case happens that is your money
0: okay well overall that sounds appealing in fact could we put more of our own money into the market-based cash balance plan.
1: So the answer is no, a market-based cash balance plan will have to be funded by company contributions.
0: Okay, and I guess that makes sense. I mean, the other correlation to that is the spill that we're talking about that's an issue is spilled from the company contributions to 401k. Correct, David. So, yeah, that I understand that. Do pilots have any control over how much spills? So they do.
1: It's important for us to design this plan in a way that pilots have some effective control. And this is going to be one of the most complicated concepts to describe. So I'm going to do my very best in describing this. We just made the statement that company contributions fund the market-based cash balance plan. But the pilot, if we design this plan with spill, does have some effective control. And and I'm going to go into how that works. So if the pilot wants maximum funding of the market-based cash balance plan, or maybe more correctly, more funding, they would select some percentage of employee contributions into their 401k plan, right? You know, you can think of it as employee contributions going into your 401k plan are displacing some of the potential for employer contributions, and those are spilling out into the plan. So the more that the employee contributes, the more money that will go into the market-based cash balance plan. Well, let's take the reciprocal of that. If a pilot wanted to participate less in the market-based cash balance plan, they would select a lower percentage of their own employee contributions into the 401k. So by carefully designing this plan, we can meter to some extent how much goes into the plan. Now, there's a kind of an exemption to this that once you hit the compensation limit, that money from the company would go into the market-based cash balance plan.
0: Okay, Shane, well, clearly there's a lot of benefits to a market-based cash balance plan. I don't want to leave anyone with the impression that it's perfect and that it meets every single goal. There are some limitations like there are with anything. What are the limitations of a market-based cash balance plan?
1: Yeah, so first I'd like to say, you know, any plan that we looked at had some pluses and minuses. And these are the constraints that we live in to get the advantage that the IRS gives us. So we have to operate within the confines of what the IRS regulations allow. So some of the items on the market-based cash balance plan that maybe aren't perfect, one of them is the lack of individual investment control. There's a kind of a reason for that. If you can think logically, if the company and the PBGC is going to back the preservation of capital rule, meaning you can't lose money it's going to be likely more conservatively invested. Of course, pilots would like the most aggressive, 100% risk assets if we can't lose money, but logically that's just not how these things typically work. They are typically balanced. I think most plans industry-wide are around 40% equity, 60% bonds, but that's of course an item that probably we can discuss in negotiations, but it will be relatively conservative. However, you know, if you think back to what Jerry described, you can meter the risk or the, the risk assets in your defined contribution plan to kind of balance out the fact that these are relatively conservative investments. Another item that we would, would have loved is that these aren't tax-free, right? They're tax-deferred, okay? Unlike a retiree HRA, which we also looked at, which was triple tax-advantaged, These are tax-deferred, meaning that you owe taxes at normal income rates when you take the money out. In theory, those should be lower because you should be in a lower tax bracket. But I'll I'll remind everybody that these are very flexible funds that you can spend on whatever you want, unlike a retiree HRA, which has the issues that we've already talked about. The money has to be used for medical care and, and is subject to forfeiture.
0: Shane, I'm interested in hearing about the work that has led up to where we are now. I I know you guys have put in a lot of work here and we've got the MOU that dictated to some degree what you did over the last year, but your work has gone well beyond that as well.
1: Certainly, David. Thanks for that. This is an issue that we have been aware of and we've been doing uh, a lot of effort on this almost since the beginning. I, I would say that Sid and I, at the very beginning of our collaboration between the at that time two separate pilot groups we started working on this and we we have engaged with uh you know that was prior to the virgin america alaska airline pilot merger we we were already starting to work on this we have spent time in dc we have engaged with our legal counsel we have talked to other pilot groups and so there's kind of a myriad of different plans we've looked at way back when we we talked to the FedEx pilots. At that time, they were engaged in attempting to a- attain something called a variable PPA, a variable pension account. And that, you know, unfortunately didn't go anywhere. We talked to, of course, the United uh, RI Committee about their experiences with the retiree only HRA and some of their challenges with that. And we've done a ton of research and come to the conclusion for this pilot group that the best account is the market-based cash balance plan and so i want to give the impression that we've just been working on this for a year this has been a multi-year project to to get where we're at now a couple of things to point out there are three large pilot groups that are actively seeking or have attained a market-based cash balance plan language okay we'll start with delta They do have an agreement to establish a market-based cash balance plan that was a a function of the negotiations over the COVID leave. They attained that back during that time. And both the United pilots and the FedEx pilots, there is language that supports a market-based cash balance plan in their tentative agreements. And I do want to point out that United, despite having an active retiree healthcare reimbursement arrangement, they are pursuing a market-based cash balance plan. You know, in our many discussions with the United Pilots, there's concern that there was too much money in their HRAs and they've come up with some creative tools to address that. They are actually, have opened that up to be used on an active basis to help cover costs, but that doesn't change the fact that they have concerns about too much money getting in there.
0: So Shane, we've talked a lot about the details of what a market-based cash balance plan could look like, but there's still a lot of steps to occur before that's actually something that we're taking advantage of. What's next if this is going to go into fruition, so to speak? So
1: So the plan is spring of 2024, we'll engage with the company. And I'll back up a little bit to Will's comments on MOU2204. The company is obliged to cover the costs associated with setting one of these plans up. So there's a lot of work to do. We have to engage with the company. The negotiating committee will have to engage with the company. There will be things like consultants and a request for a proposal. There's just a lot of work that needs to get done. After that's done and we have a plan design that we're comfortable with that would go to the MEC, much like Section 6 negotiations for a contract, a TA, that has to go to your MEC before there would be the next step. And the following final step in this process is membership ratification. It is important for the RI committee and it's important for your MEC. We've all been in agreement that this needs to go to membership ratification. And the reason being, it materially affects how much money is in your paycheck, right? It doesn't affect how much you get paid, but it will affect how much is in your paycheck at the end of the month. So it's just very important for this body that you have your voice heard.
0: Yeah, and I'll say the MEC is committed to that, that this will go to membership ratification for all of the reasons that you mentioned. And because it's going to membership ratification, it's important that all of the pilots understand what's at stake here, what the issue is, and how a market-based cash balance plan will address that issue. And so we've created a lot of ways to help the pilots understand what this issue is. So this podcast episode that you've been listening to is one of them. We've also created an animated video that explains this issue. And for some people like me, I'm kind of a visual learner. It's nice to see that laid out in picture form of what Spill is and how it moves into a cash balance plan. We also have a dedicated web page that looks very similar to the Tenant of Agreement web page that we created. All of the information about this spill issue is located in that space and that will include the animated video that I mentioned, this podcast episode, a frequently asked question bank, a location to ask other questions if you have other questions come to mind, And all of that is available in the show notes, but it will be a prominent link on the member's homepage and also on your retirement insurance page.
1: Yeah, and I'd like to just say one final item. It's important for all pilots to educate themselves about this. Your retirement security, your comfort in retirement, your family's retirement security is all dependent on saving enough. It is so important for this body to make sure
4: that you have the tools that you need to get there. Yeah, and I think I'll double down on that point, that I know that this is very much a complicated issue, but it's also, as Shane's saying, a very important issue that each pilot takes that time, educate themselves as we move forward, because we've got to be able to cast an informed vote when this does come to the membership for ratification.
0: Shane, as we're talking about all of the steps that need to occur, it makes me think of all of the work that has gone into this and all of the people that have been involved in this. Could you give us a sense of who those people are and what has been done?
1: Certainly. I would like to put out a big thanks, first of all, to, to my fellow r committee members. I have just gotten an enormous amount of support from everybody on the committee over the time. I'd like to thank our uh, ALPA attorneys Dan White, Kathy Powers, Zach Hennigy, they have all contributed a lot to our understanding of the intricacies of of these plans. I wanna point out that our Alpha staff has done an amazing job of supporting us. I'd like to particularly point out Phil and Victoria, but that list is certainly not inclusive. There are a number of Alpha staff members in DC that have, have helped us on this project. I'd like to thank the negotiating committee and I'd also like to point out that the other airline r i committees that we've reached out to have been very generous with their time. So there's a lot of people that have done a lot of work towards this. And frankly, just thank you so very much.
0: And I'd like to thank all the pilots for taking the time to listen to this and start wrapping their head around the issue that they'll be voting for in the future. So thank you for listening and thank you to all of our other listeners. This has been another episode of the Alaska Pilots Podcast.